0: But you know what? I thought you were mysterious like my mother Until it turned out the mysterious just made depressed, alright? Hard to reach I mean, I'm dying here I don't like going out You know that I get anxiety when I have to meet people You know how hard that is
1: Everything you touch turns to shit Like King Midas' idiot brother
2: Jesus but if you
1: two aren't the biggest pair of fuck-ups
2: I've ever met in my entire life? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Give Us a Second. A uh,
1: mini-sode series.
2: Brought to you by the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is number 32 on the Give Us a Second run. That's right. It's been a little while, but we're getting back to it. The Skywalker Saga Part 1. We're talking all things Star Wars everyone's favorite topic sure <laughs> yeah I do think our most controversial episode might be our give us a second about the last Jedi oh wow
1: <laughs> where well, we really came out and defended it although when I was like doing my rankings it, it didn't fall that high for me yeah I didn't even make a ranking but I have it in my head I think okay I wasn't sure where we landed on that if that was like a definite <laughs> I just I came prepared just in case.
2: Yeah, I think
1: And then I was like, What counts? I was like, Do the Ewok adventure movies count? Because one and two right there for me. The <laughs> no, holiday they, those special don't count yeah. neither does the holiday special. <laughs> Featuring Beatrice Arthur and <laughs> Jefferson Starship. <laughs> yeah. Man,
2: that stinks. The one thing that's gonna be weird though about this two part series of give us a seconds on the Star Wars Skywalker saga is uh-huh. No Notes. Yeah. We're going noteless. A little this worried. Kind of a throwback a, to the old days right which uh, people not really calling out for <laughs> what can you say though about something so massive and so in-depth and try to talk about it
1: it's for kind of a crazy an hour a couple big investments going on in my life right now one being a house which might be news to many people that know me but which you know I'm sure with my Lewin Davis type cloud over my head like within a couple of weeks we'll find out it's infested with termites and this whole thing will be off yeah but the second big investment for me right now Disney plus. Yeah. So equally
2: as important. Yes. And
1: and access to all the Star Wars content, essentially, Mm -hmm. which is great. So, and so much more
2: to come. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So, definitely like uh, a gold mine uh, of material available to get ready for this episode.
2: Yeah. And that is a good segue right into The Mandalorian. And which I will say, yeah, The Mandalorian is going to come in part two. So, we will give another spoiler alert in part 2 when we get to it in case you haven't watched The Mandalorian on Disney Plus yet however in part 1 everything else I think is fair game so if for some reason you haven't watched all of the Star Wars stuff and you don't want something spoiled then you should know that it potentially could be (laughs) nothing's off the (laughs) table Star Wars related in this first part 1 except for The Mandalorian which we will save for part 2 when we give our thoughts on that as well as uh, somewhat of a preview for episode nine, "The Rise of Skywalker." Yeah, follow the show on Twitter at Greatest Pod. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes.
1: Rate and review. Uh, there's been some recent
2: activity on there. We'll just <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, we welcome all reviews. That's true. Yeah. I, well, we would prefer a, a written review with any rating. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like I've always said, it's it's better to be divisive than boring. Um, Sure, yeah. No, I still think it's possible that we are boring and divisive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that actually
2: is our wheelhouse. (laughs) Saying offensive things, but in the most boring way imaginable. (laughs) (laughs) The the most lukewarm, banal ways. Sums it up. Let's begin our talk of Star Wars at the beginning. When did you first start watching the OG trilogy? I don't know. I mean,
1: I was certainly a kid. I, I don't know if I was seven eight years old i mean i I feel like they were airing on like regular network tv or something like as like a special Mm -hmm. and uh, i think that's when i first watched them and i think i had like recorded off of tv versions onto vhs tapes versions at first i definitely went to the theaters to see the re-releases what what years were those
2: they were leading up to the new trilogy so i want to say around 97.
1: Okay, yeah. That, that, uh, that sounds right. And I had I had seen all of them before that. Yeah. And, and sort of, uh, you know, was just immersing myself in the universe and loving it. I, I certainly think at the time, A New Hope was my least favorite of the three. But, you know, that's something that certainly probably changed over the years for me. Uh, I think I loved, pretty equally when I was a kid, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I, now, as an adult, Empire certainly stands out as, as the best one. But everything was to be loved by me at the time
2: yeah I was telling you before we started recording about just re-watching those movies now and I've been working my way through all of the Star Wars movies in preparation for Rise of Skywalker and when you get to those original trilogy movies episodes four five and six just the wave of nostalgia for me because i think i was probably even younger than than seven or eight because i was still in new jersey
1: okay well so I'm, I'm talking yeah. like
2: four five three <laughs> i remember watching like the ewok movies weirdly enough i think i might have watched the ewok movies before the trilogy
1: even yeah that's possible I, that was just one of those movies that i used to always rent from like
2: local video store i don't even know i guess like maybe friends of ours or Somebody, I don't know, had a VCR. I don't even know if we did or not at that at that point. This would have been like mid to late 80s. I don't know. I don't remember. But I just know that I was familiar, especially with Return of the Jedi, probably even yeah. most of the I, three. I think
1: that was my most watched as a kid. I, I would watch that one. I mean, listen, you know, I, I know all the heat it's taken over the years as being like silly in comparison to... The first two, but uh, the the stuff with the Ewoks never bothered me. I was into it as a kid, you know.
2: Oh yeah, 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 definitely. As a kid, it's it's all fun, and I still think now even like the first portion of Jedi remains infallible. All of the Tatooine stuff with Jabba the Hutt. Oh yeah, and then all of the Luke Vader Emperor stuff. Oh, absolutely, all that stuff at the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some people think it's like kind of silly having the Ewoks make fools of the stormtroopers uh, the stormtroopers stink anyway dumb, but yeah i don't care i'm yeah. good with it it's just like back in the 80s it just i don't know i guess there people stayed with things longer it's hard to explain when you're not a child anymore but it's almost as if when things were important to you and were major and big they were current so much longer in other words R- return of the jedi came out the year i was born and okay. yet five six seven years later it was still like it felt like it was right now like you were still living in a current moment of star wars whereas now a movie comes out five six seven years later i don't think people are still like well the great thing you know obsessing with over it in the same way yeah the great thing like lucas
1: was able to do uh was keep it relevant w- well beyond the release you know obviously it had like this big fandom or whatever but Beyond that, like it just seemed like something Star Wars was still always going on, whether it was like these re-releases or something, yeah, you know, like but they were I able mean to keep I would the say buzz going and a part of the culture.
2: I would say that it it's all. I mean, yeah, obviously Lucas had, was a marketing genius when it came to this stuff, and that certainly is a huge factor. But I think it was just more indicative of how people were. That's true because I felt the same way about Indiana Jones or. Any, anything that was like yeah. huge in the 80s it just seemed to like last forever and i think part of it was because it took it minimum like a full calendar year if not two years before it came out on video right and and then there would also be like the first time it aired on television and there was far less channels and so the premiere of a big movie on tv was a huge deal sure so it kept getting this new Life cycle it would come back up again every year or two or three. Well, and then
1: we're also talking about, like we were talking about earlier uh, off the show, about this Twin Peaks stuff and how, like, they're able to just keep pumping out different versions of the same merch. And I I mean, Star Wars was like the king of that.
2: Yeah, I remember one year I got for Christmas, like, the that VHS set in, like, that gold box with, like, Vader's helmet. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I just watched all three of them that Christmas day. Day, like in the afternoon, and that became like a mini tradition that lasted for not that many years, but a couple years. I did that in a row.
1: Yeah, I mean, the one thing about the original trilogy that does sort of bother me a little bit is this idea of having all these different
2: versions of even the original three movies. (laughs) Yeah, and even A New Hope has yet another modification on the Disney Plus version that hadn't been released yet. Oh, wow. Where they I didn't even know that. once again redo the Han Greedo thing, and now oh Greedo gosh. says Enough. like McClunky or something. Okay, I, I don't know. It doesn't really make any sense. We, I don't know. Yeah, I wish that I'm Disney not would just that. re would just release the original versions. But I'm wondering if maybe there was an agreement with Lucas because he yeah. clearly doesn't want them to be released. Well, he likes it to
1: be his modified versions.
2: Yeah. And he had signed off on like this latest change to A New Hope, which is very minor, but it is still another change to the Han Greedo moment. Some of the changes aren't terrible. like I don't mind them putting that scene in with Jabba the Hutt in A New Hope, which oh, yeah. That's when right. it was originally shot, Jabba the Hutt was a human. And so then they had to like reconfigure it so that when Han walks behind him, he rises up in the air like he's stepping on java's tail oh yeah that's right if you watch the bonus features on any of those special editions you know they go through how they did the scene and everything because there was a man walking next to him and they changed it into that slug thing that we all know sure job the Hutt. and they added that scene and it's like yeah that's kind of fun because that was a scene that was originally shot
1: yeah I didn't mind some of the additions to any of them, or, or some of the things where they were touching things up. I, I do hate in Return of the Jedi how they changed the entire song of what's yeah. going on in Jabba's they have lair. a little song and dance. Number. Oh yeah, <laughs> I like the normal, just like Tatooine
2: band or whatever that just plays that same song over and over. <laughs> yeah. In the nineties, they came alive again because of the re-releases, and I don't know. I guess maybe. It's hard to remember because we were kids, but were people aware during the re-releases that the, there was going to be a new trilogy at that point?
1: I guess I was I don't been. think I was.
2: I mean, I was a kid, but I know. I feel like I didn't find out about it until like not that long before it came out. But I don't. Same. That's I don't know. my memory too. Yeah, it's hard to remember back. But when Lucas announces that there's going to be a prequel trilogy, it's kind of how. Well, dude, you got to think too. Like for me
1: back at, during this time period and well beyond this time period the only way i found out movies were coming out was seeing trailers like yeah. going and seeing other things i mean i, I really i don't you think you weren't
2: subs- subscribed to any of the trades no i was not <laughs> you weren't getting uh, the hollywood and Reporter i don't even think variety. i really started like looking at
1: articles or like even like imdb until like post 2005
2: yeah i think every now and then i would catch something on like entertainment tonight But I wasn't, like, a religious watcher of any of those types of shows. But you might see something or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, commercials and trailers and stuff. So, yeah, a lot of times something big would be coming and I wouldn't know about it until, like, right before it was going to happen.
1: Yeah, and with, you know, the theatrical trailers, they come out, like, so far in advance from, like, the release of the movie. So, like, usually that that would be the way I'd be like, oh, wow, I had no idea this was being made. But then you'd see it and then it's still, like, nine months or whatever before you're – yeah, it just know, was like a different the time,
2: theater. and
1: oh yeah, I, I, dude. And I know I've talked about it before, but like one of the things that I associate with being a big movie buff and enjoying the theatrical experience it is like going and seeing the trailers and seeing something hit for the first time. Oh, yeah. That, like, it just you just had no idea about. That's the type of stuff that would just get me so excited.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a case that can be made that the movie-going experience, it's better if you've never seen a trailer for the movie you're about to see and you sure. don't know anything about it. But having said that, it, it it is fun to get excited about certain movies. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, I mean, you know, there's definitely, like, some reveals in the Rise of Skywalker trailer, but I think it's spliced together enough that you really have no idea of what all they're going to throw at you in this one
2: especially considering the lukewarm at best reaction to the last jedi i think they needed to come out strong with a with a big trailer to get everyone excited for the new one and hopefully recover any of the potential loss from the disappointment in the <laughs> yeah. in the new sequel trilogy but okay so i guess the best way to maybe talk about the movies is to give a little bit of our rankings so Do you want to do like our whole rankings individually, or just go back and forth? Or oh boy, I don't know. I I think we both have the same number one. I would imagine uh, it's got Empire Strikes Back, right? So okay, you want to start from the top then. So let yeah, let's start with Empire. Obviously, it's the downbeat in the middle of the trilogy. I think one thing that I've learned from rewatching all of the Star Wars movies in a short amount of time over the last few weeks. Is how little information is each, actually in each movie, and how yeah. that it, over time it all gets conflated as one big well, thing. Yeah. And plus, the names of things and the backstories of things get added on later. And some of it's considered canon and some of it isn't. And, and oh, I know. You know, that doesn't really matter,
1: but... Well, that's one of the things that's nuts about the Star Wars universe. When you start getting in with these people that have
2: read all these different books... What it, yeah, but what I'm saying like, is just in comparison to what's actually there, especially oh, in A New Hope, but if you even just go individually, each of the movies, and how that has changed over time because people have had all this time to live with those movies. Well, and
1: even, like, some of the backstory that's built in with the prequel stuff, starting to fill things
2: out. Yeah, what I'm saying, though, is like, when people criticize the new movies, I think that they're remembering everything else as one giant movie. Everything else, including stuff that wasn't even in the movies, but stuff they learned from video games, books, comics, the cartoon series, everything. It all gets conflated into one giant, perfectly formed idea of what everything is. And then they're judging these new movies in a way harsher way than any of the previous movies, including the prequel movies, were ever judged because they didn't have to go through Twitter and the internet and well, Reddit sure. and all that stuff. It's like those places have become like a very toxic place for fandoms. And I think toxic fandoms are one of the biggest threats to entertainment well, that's right I think, now.
1: I think one of the things that's lost over time is the simplicity of what... Is the first three movies and and how little there actually is to each of the the plot devices and, and what's going on in all three movies. I, I mean, it's a lot of action set pieces with yeah. like a couple of twists along the way.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just weird to me. how Like they judge so harshly that giant space octopus in Solo when they're going into that black hole. Oh, yeah. But, like, that worm on a meteor in Empire is just kind of, like, accepted as, like, not something that needs that explanation. It's like, <laughs> right. what is it eating to stay that big? It's huge. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, people are like, this space octopus thing doesn't make sense and blah, 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 blah. But everything from those original movies is treated as just, like, gospel. It kind of gets this free pass. And I'm not saying it should be criticized. It's just it existed for so long in a pre negative environment that it's kind of, like, sacred now. Yeah. But when you actually go back and watch each of these movies, there are things in them that would be bitched about endlessly if it was something that was done in the new movies. Absolutely. The big complaint about Last Jedi was the characterization of Luke and all that stuff and whatever. But, like, when you go back, I don't know, Luke does a lot of things that throughout the original trilogy that I think... If the older version of Luke did now, people would get annoyed and pissed about It's just like everything gets conflated into like a very oh, sure. heroic version of events. But whatever. So Empire, number one for both of us. Boba Fett uh, in yes. it. And I do feel like Lando, the most happens in
1: Empire uh, out of the original three. You kind of go all over the place. I mean, starting off on like Hoth is is cool. Yeah, the fun. Hoth
2: stuff is awesome.
1: It it feels like they were able to pack a lot into it without oversaturating. It, it just is, it feels like the right amount, and it obviously ends with the big showdown between Vader and Luke. And yes. this is where you you first get to see like Vader in action because when you first see him, you're just like. All right, this is like a pretty awesome villain, but now you're actually seeing him fight. I guess maybe like the most unbelievable part is that Luke would be able to like hold his own at all in this well, fight. Well, you see
2: Darth fight Obi-Wan in the first movie. Yeah, oh god, yeah, boy, that is about the lamest showdown ever though. Yeah, it uh, some people complain that the lightsaber battles in the prequels and sequels make the lightsaber battles in the original seem really dumb. And they do. <laughs> but that I mean what do you point, want them yeah. to do not be better like with, no I know to just purposefully not do them as well to match them up with the other stuff it's I like, still think I this... think you can suspend disbelief and just absolutely kinda go with it and I
1: still think you know the the ones in both Empire and Jedi are, are, are fine and I, I don't feel like well they they're certainly better than lose the one their in value. a new hope the one they're in the nowhere new hope near is... though like what they well, are absolutely. in like, the prequels and stuff yeah like, I mean people aren't doing stupid flips and stuff but like, Yoda flipping around <laughs> yeah now I, I actually think the one in Phantom Menace, for as much as that movie, is not great. I think that the fight with the two Jedi characters versus Darth Maul is like pretty cool. Yeah. I, and I like that that one's actually all real people, and you can tell it's like pretty well choreographed. Whereas like once you start getting into Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, it's so much like CGI yeah. in those fight scenes. So that loses a little something for me. But I, like I said, I, I think that the Vader and Luke fights in Empire and Jedi are fine and cool but the the one in a new hope is just pretty it's pretty bad
2: so you get the huge reveal of darth vader being luke's father you get han being frozen in carbonite at the end it ends on a great cliffhanger you're introduced to some new characters you see new worlds yeah and it expands the idea of the force what it is we meet yoda at dagobah we Find out a little bit more about Jedi's and the Force and stuff, and a lot of that you get stuff. Obi wan is a Force Ghost. Yeah, a lot of that stuff actually fits with the prequel trilogies better than the, some of the stuff in A New Hope. Where sure. when you watch that beginning portion of A New Hope, and you're like, "Well, this doesn't really fit with the stuff in the prequel trilogies that well," but I think they managed to tie in like the Jedi stuff and like the fall of the Jedi and everything into the Yoda character and him being this little puppet that at first you don't know is Yoda, and then, right. you know. It all works pretty well. One of the the better cliffhanger endings. I think at that point you're very invested so. in your heroes. and then Yeah, one of them got his hand cut off. Yeah. Okay, so that's our number one. Now what's your number two? I put A New Hope as my number two. Yeah, I think I would agree with that as well. <laughs> it's a tough call, though. Yeah. I would say surprisingly... Return of the Jedi now is is better. I, just rewatching it today, okay. actually. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. This has
1: been a, a recent switch for me. I've always had Return of the Jedi right up there after Empire, but I don't know. I guess of recent years, I've started to fall <laughs> for part of the the whole like how much people go after the Ewok thing. Yeah, I I don't think that it personally bothers me as much, but there's there it does uh, have an effect on me. The fact that there's so much
2: backlash to that. Another candidate for me would have been the Force Awakens, which I know that like people are currently down on the sequel trilogy, which is you know so inevitable. That's the way of the world. Yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> did put the that. Way. Yeah,
1: right. So looking at my list, yeah, so I put Empire, A New Hope, then Jedi, and then I put Force Awakens right after that. So
2: I think right now I would put Force Awakens three and jedi 4 okay but they're all pretty close yeah yeah, i think so for for me so let's talk a little bit about a new hope now it's a little bit slow there's a lot of time where it's just the two droids walking around which once you get over the wonderment of star wars in general and you're older and more cynical you're like jesus christ yeah this is going on forever but you have your hero who is like this farm boy he's the unlikely hero he gets thrust into this exciting adventure. It's kind of a very yeah, I, standard fantasy adventure idea of the unlikely guy, right? I like it as a jumping the off circumstances. Point. Yeah,
1: yeah it, it is. You know, it all works out with Obi Wan and and why these two characters are connected. But oh, I, Ben Kenobi, yeah, I, I love like this as like a jumping off point. How all of our characters come together. It all kind of after you get through the first like 15, 20 minutes of the movie, everything starts happening like pretty quickly, and then all of a sudden, what Luke's life was is just gone and now it's just like you're on this adventure and we'll see where it goes
2: yeah he gets over the death of uncle owen and aunt beru pretty quick
1: yeah i mean uncle (laughs) owen seems like he was a rough guy to be around
2: (laughs) yeah it is funny to me watching all of the movies in a short amount of time and and picking up on stuff that doesn't quite make sense like obi-wan not realizing these are the same droids well this I, you and R- i have talked about this uh not recognizing obi-wan
1: off mic as well of just like I, I think it's one of the more annoying things that the two droid characters are in the the prequel trilogy at all
2: yeah and not even that they're in it they're just crowbarred into huge right parts basically. yeah they're and they're <laughs> and always Darth around built c3 yeah.
1: <laughs> in a screech like way uh, yeah he was able to build a robot
2: it's also funny...
1: As a poor child living on a desert planet.
2: When you know the whole story, what's to come in Empire and Jedi, plus what came before in yeah. the prequels, to see Obi-Wan basically dangling Luke's sister's ass as like a way to hook him in. Like, hey, you could help this, babe. Yeah, I know. That is <laughs> weird. Uh, <laughs> because he should
1: know, based on the prequel trilogy, who she is. Yeah. I know, it's ridiculous.
2: And it's confirmed when Ghost, Force Ghost, Obi-Wan, and Yoda are talking. You're
1: right, there is
2: another. Right. I mean, Yoda's the one that says that, but I mean, if Yoda knows, then Obi-Wan knew, they know who they are.
1: Right. I do feel like one of the big downfalls with the prequel trilogy, aside from the things that everyone complains about, but just this over-commitment to having to connect every single little thing.
2: But then missing, like, big things I know, that, aren't, that right. don't quite connect in the right way. I
1: know, and it, but it just feels like you they could have left a lot more things to mystery. Yeah. It, like, I think that's fun about, like, the original universe of, like, trying to fill in these gaps. And I think you could have gotten glimpses of that and some answers without throwing in so much stuff that you're just like, wait, why doesn't Obi-Wan recognize R2-D2 now? <laughs> he was around him so much. I know,
2: I know. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah, I mean, we've brought up on the show before me being in tears seven, oh, eight sure. times a day. Yeah. Just rewatching these, I'm kind of getting choked up throughout all of them. They just take me back to a more innocent, simpler time. Absolutely. Um, and obviously I get very sad about Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Just so like young and beautiful in Absolutely, these I, I, It's hard <laughs> to even look past that. It's a real shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we did basically, what, three, one through
1: four at this point? Yeah, well, and I think we should talk about The Force Awakens, and for both of us being like, outside of the original three, that's the one that's right up there with them.
2: Yeah, I remember finding out the news that George Lucas had sold Lucasfilm to Disney, and I took that as exciting news. I think so. Get it going again. Now, I know that some people are anti-Disney, and I mean, it makes sense, and- Disney doesn't always get everything right, and people were a little worried about the Disneyfication of okay, the Star Wars universe and stuff. Here's the
1: positive. They have tons of money to throw at it.
2: Sure. I just was like, well, George clearly doesn't really want to invest the time and energy to make more movies that are probably going to get shit on, like the prequels. So sure. So he's passing it off. I'm not the biggest Marvel fan, but it seems Same. like a lot of Marvel fans are happy with the Disney Marvel movies, so I kind of was like, well, it's not like they put the fucking Disney Palace or Castle before yeah. <laughs> Marvel movies. You know what I mean? Like the Enchanted Kingdom logo.
1: And once we found out um, Abrams was going to be the guy at the helm, at least for the first Do you remember movie.
2: it took them a while to figure this all out? Yeah. Like there was a whole thing of who's going to direct this first movie, and it went on for like a long time.
1: I do remember and that. It
2: seemed like a lot of people turned it down.
1: Well... I mean, you are setting yourself up for, like, harsh criticism, I feel like.
2: Yeah, and one of the weirdest elements was them right off the bat being like, well, we're going to have different directors for all three, which I get it. It's a huge time commitment, and getting people on board for three movies, that could be like a 10-year commitment, Oh, basically. absolutely. Well, you got to figure, just too. Just coming right out of the gate and being like, well, we're going to find three different directors, and... I don't know, and we're all aware of the issues with the new movies, and it sure. it definitely seems like they didn't have that set of stone right? of a plan yeah. of how this was going to play out. Yeah,
1: I do feel like it does lack the one, uh, the the one thing about, like, losing Lucas is I feel like you need to fill that void with, like, one mind who has, like, a vague idea of where this is all going. Yeah. And, it, like, haven't somewhat of an ending spot in mind so that we have something to build towards? Because I feel like, certainly when we talk about The Last Jedi, I mean, Ryan Johnson, I think, did a good job with the material that he wanted to do. But it's like, how does that factor into everything and does that screw up anybody else's plans now that especially Abrams is coming back for the last one now?
2: Yeah. It seemed like they should have maybe had J.J. Abrams just oversee the whole trilogy if that's the direction they wanted to go in. I don't know if he was willing or not but i don't know i just the, I think the idea of bringing in things, like all these people i think there's a it's one of those situations where there's a lot of people with their hands on this and, I think and so. a lot of cooks in the kitchen and they all want to have well i think that's one of say. the
1: benefits of having a guy like abrams involved because i feel like he has like a voice that can kind of carry and hold a lot of power and maybe be able to fight back or push back a little bit on the studio execs where it's like some of these lower directors like i don't know he's had enough like success on the big stage, and certainly his well, they, Star Trek reboot. Uh, they've
2: already replaced two. I know director. Well, technically three, because there was two on the one movie. But their original plans for Episode Nine and their original plans for Solo and all this stuff were changed, and they're right. replacing people. Well, uh, that's
1: the thing, and I, that's why I feel like it does help to have like a a guy as established as Abrams involved.
2: But I mean, I think the indication there is like it's Disney's way. And you got to do I know. it that way. And I don't even know if Abrams is. He doesn't that. have enough. Yeah. And he's just willing to kind of play by the rules. But it, it boggles the mind why they want to bring in like all these different kinds of directors and then be like, well, you have to do it this way, though. That's the thing. It's like, well, I, what difference does it, it make feels who the director like, is then?
1: And certainly Ron Howard came on it and picked up where whoever left off for Solo. But he seems like that type of guy. Like the guy that can come in and like make like a Disney movie and. Still do his own thing a little bit, but, like, he's going to play by the rules. But it's, like, some of these other choices, like, even... what's Is it Gareth Edwards, the guy that directed Rogue One? Yeah. I, I do feel like some of the downside with some of these other new Star Wars movies is it shows that, like, they did reshoots and everything. And, like, the people who, you know, originally were directing it, it it's not really the final version of what they had in mind. I, I do... I feel like you can tell. Like, some things, like, tonally aren't always like, consistent in these final products.
2: Yeah. With... The almost unanimous acclaim and success so far of The Mandalorian, it's kind of interesting and fun news to hear that going forward post-Rise of Skywalker, John Favreau is supposedly going to have a big say over the future of Star Wars okay. and everything moving forward. But even that is not like a definitive he's-in-charge right. thing. It's still like well, there's Kathleen Kennedy and then there's all yeah. the... Probably the Disney execs. And I get it. I mean, it's a huge investment. There's so much money on the line. But I think it it kind of blew up in their face a little bit with Solo, which was a pretty solid movie, and we'll get to it on our lists in a minute. But it suffered from so many issues where they ended up having to reshoot so much, it became like the most expensive movie ever, basically. Oh, wow. And coming off of the fan backlash of The Last Jedi... And only being six months later, because it came out in May, oh, basically know. after Last Jedi came out in December. That is, it w- just was setting up for failure. And it's like, well, these are the things that you have to avoid when you have like this much money on the line. You you can't be messing around with like reshooting sure. it and so many voices involved and uh, so yeah. many notes. And
1: well, that's the one thing that really sort of. Well, first of all, I think we all sort of got there with the oversaturation a little bit, just off the announcements. This person's getting their own trilogy. This person's getting their own trilogy. The (laughs) Game of Thrones guys are getting their own trilogy. Like, Ryan Johnson is going to get his own trilogy. And all these, like, announcements and everything, you're just like, Jesus. But then even just the fact that we're living in a universe where Solo comes out in, like, May, and it almost feels like a throwaway, a Star Wars release midway through the year, it, it just doesn't have that luster anymore that it feels
2: like it's a big release. You could ask, well, what is the difference between Star Wars and Marvel? Like, how is Marvel able to sustain this Over basically 22 movies culminating in Endgame? And the answer is I don't know. Marvel fans are insane. (laughs) They were willing to see the same movie 25 times, and it's basically the same thing. The Marvel people, I mean, I think to some degree they had like a a
1: couple of guys that were heavily involved right. with the and whole thing. Right, and you could thing, make right? the
2: case that since a lot of them are very different because the characters are different Well, they were very good whatever. at
1: like keeping the interest going, whether it's these after-credit sequences or what. I mean, they were always able to like keep a buzz around where things were heading. Like, oh, you saw this one, but here's what's coming
2: next. And like they were pretty good at like keeping that going. Plus each character kind of had was already like pre-established and over with the audience, whereas Star sure. Wars really only had Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, like the people that were that carry over from the OG trilogy to this point because the prequel trilogies in the timeline took so long before that, like, the character carryover wouldn't make sense going into these sequels. So, and plus, there really isn't any. I mean, there's grown up versions of those characters or whatever. But so you basically just have a couple of characters that are established. They wanted to do solo side movies, and I don't mean just the name solo, (laughs) but like they. They had all of these planned and Rogue One did really well. It made over a billion dollars worldwide. Yeah. It was just as popular as like normal Star Wars movies. I felt like
1: they had a great marketing campaign for Rogue One. Like they made it look all dark and intriguing and there was, that was like still one of the first times where we were starting to see we had Force Awakens, but Rogue One was also following a similar like let's have things look like the way they looked like in the original trilogy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Rogue One had the advantage of just being like the second new movie. Sure, but things kind of came went off the rails quick. Now, I think based on their knee jerk reactions to the Last Jedi and Solo, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a knee jerk reaction the other direction if Rise of Skywalker does really well, and then all of a sudden they're right back on the bandwagon of announcing <laughs> sure. all of this stuff. Yeah. But now that they have Disney Plus as a platform, I wouldn't be surprised if. There's a lot of like original movies that are for Disney Plus, right? As, a, as well as series and stuff.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the crazy thing that we're now heading towards that world. Obviously, like you and I went and saw The Irishman in theaters. Yeah. But the idea that like bigger movies are being made mainly to be just released on an existing streaming platform is kind of nuts. I feel like that's a big
2: change. Yeah, and obviously, if you, if the. All of the Star Wars movies that have come out so far are any indication. I mean, they're huge special effects, blockbusters. They're the type of yeah. movies you'd want to see on a big screen in the theater. But it just gives them another option where maybe they'd be worried about finishing that Solo trilogy about Han Solo in theaters. But it gives them content for the network. It's like right. an option for that. And I think people would be more likely to watch it on the network.
1: One of the things about all this type of prequel stuff does though i do get tired of the countless things like that tie in with each other even though I-, I did enjoy solo i kind of like the han solo character just being like this guy who is not related to this stuff at all in his past you know what i mean yeah, it just comes I mean, into the they kept
2: it like it was just like he was crossing paths yeah, with I things. Know. because they did rely on a lot of the canon stuff that they established in like the Clone Wars and all that stuff, cartoon, sure. like the Crimson Dawn stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like... Which f- that's
1: a part of, like, the expanded universe that's, like, not on my radar. You right, know?
2: and it was weird that, like, the him signing up for the Imperial Army is where he got the last name Solo.
1: Well, yeah, I know. I remember us I talking about it after the movie, we talked about it again recently, not being aware of the Clone War animated series, not being aware of the storylines from it. When Darth Maul appears on screen and people were, yeah. like, excited about that reveal i was just like this doesn't make any sense right you know just, my
2: first thought was like well so this movie takes place before phantom menace that, yeah that was like my first thought i'm like well how old is i know
1: that's what i was i was like that it doesn't add up yeah well what
2: can you do yeah so i guess let's let's get through this so right. yeah number what are we at five yeah so i i
1: had rogue one as my number five
2: yeah i would too okay i mean our lists are almost exactly the same <laughs> Well, let's yeah, just keep once going. Again, okay, we'll, we'll we'll circle back, but I just right. gonna get through the list since that was a gimmick we started. So six, then okay, I, I put the last Jedi. All right, I'd put Solo at six. Okay,
1: I think yeah, you have always been higher on Solo than me. Although I have only seen it the one time.
2: I think Solo just kind of stands on its own as like a fun adventure movie. Okay, I'm not yeah. judging it based on anything else.
1: Right, and I wouldn't say that I'm down on it, but I I wasn't loving it when we left the theater that day. Now, I, a lot of these movies. Like, I've liked Force Awakens more as time has gone on. I've liked Last Jedi more as time has gone on. So, I, I think there's room for more my love for Solo for me.
2: about Solo, and it's my same complaint with The Last Jedi, is that it's too long. Yeah. There's too many, like, false endings.
1: So, I didn't even have Solo next on my list. I actually had Revenge of the Sith after.
2: Okay, I had Last Jedi next. Okay, yep. And then I had Revenge of the Sith. Yep. And, and then, then...
1: Okay. And then I had Solo, and then... Yeah, so then my last two, I actually I might be different from you here. I actually have Phantom Menace ahead of Attack of the Clones.
2: It's real close for me. I think I'd give these slight advantage for to clones yeah. just because there's almost no Jar Jar Banks talking That's in true. It, okay. As compared to how much he talks in the first one. There's
1: something that I do really like about Phantom Menace over Attack of the Clones, which there is, are
2: things I do like about it though,
1: Phantom yeah. Menace. So for Phantom Menace, I do enjoy that it still sort of feels like the older movies. Like, it's definitely newer. slightly Right. Yeah. Okay. Closer.
2: Closer than the other two. So but yeah. even
1: <laughs> just like the look, right? Okay. I'm not big on like the pod racing and stuff, but I think Darth Maul was like pretty cool. A, a villain that comes in that you're yeah. just like, certainly more than when you move on and you're like General Grievous, like the coughing robot and like Christopher Lee, who's like 180 years old. Are like your main sort of fill in villains. And I I just like the overall look of it more than like, once you get to Attack of the Clones, that's the first movie that basically is shot entirely on green screen. And, like, so it's all digital.
2: Yeah. And the dialogue, of course, is terrible. Sure. In all three. The
1: love story and just lack of chemistry between the two characters that are supposed to be in love.
2: Yeah. Everything's kind of a disaster. If you take out that sound of music type scene with oh yeah where they're rolling around in the field Anakin and Padme in Attack of the Clones then Attack of the Clones gets exponentially better without that okay but yeah the stuff I like about Phantom Menace that was mostly tied in with nostalgia I I, yeah. I remember seeing that movie so many times the summer it came out I was so excited to see it well
1: and I actually of all the prequel stuff I think I enjoy like getting like the young Obi-Wan and I, I think overall through the prequel trilogy I think The story of the Obi-Wan character is one of the more interesting things.
2: Yeah, even though, again, not everything in the OG trilogy exactly lines up with stuff, but whatever. Yeah, and you meet Luke and Leia's mom, which is something that I think going into the trilogy I didn't even really think about for some reason, even though, of course, it would be a huge plot point. I don't even think I realized after... This is how dumb kids are. It's like, after (laughs) Phantom Menace, I still don't even think I was getting it. Like, oh, yeah, this is going to be, like, Luke and Leia's mom. Well, I think (laughs) after... Still somehow missing it.
1: You know, I I was young. I saw Phantom Menace with, like, my dad and my sister. And I think, like, afterwards, like, a while after we left the theater, I think my dad was just like, so is that that kid supposed to be Luke Skywalker? And I was like, (laughs) no, that's Darth Vader. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, just casually interested in like what's going on with this universe you know
2: yeah i mean i think my dad at least got that part of it <laughs> although i guess one reason maybe that i didn't suspect that queen amidala would be their mother was the fact that like natalie portman was like 16 and jake lloyd was like seven it did, right
1: <laughs> seeing that movie as a kid i was like there's no way these two can date and I, already as like a youngster i was like crushing on natalie portman like so hard oh yeah but like i was just like yeah there's no way that these two could ever date like she seems like his mom to me (laughs) like that's that's how like big the age difference seemed to me at that
2: time yeah and it gets weird too because it's almost like in the the two sequels after phantom menace like she's implying that they've i don't know they say things where they they act like they've had this thing for each other since they first met it's like what
1: yeah i wasn't getting that While we're on the prequel trilogies, and since we both had it higher, you know, I, I do think that there are a lot of good things in Revenge of the Sith compared to the other two. It's certainly yeah. uh, more compelling and fun to watch, like, throughout.
2: Well, one of the popular things when it came out was to, to give your rankings of the six that were out at that point. Okay, yeah. And people would inevitably go, like, Empire, New Hope... Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi. Wow. and yeah. then Because that was like Again, the popular move. It'd right. be like, well, Revenge of the Sith is good. And Return
1: of the Jedi is stupid. Ewoks brought down yeah. the Empire.
2: Right. <laughs> I mean, how but many times? rewatching re-watching them now, no. The prequel yeah. movies are just nowhere near right. the same level. I know they have Absolutely. their fans now, but just no. And
1: while there Please. is stuff in Revenge of the Sith that I like, and I mean, I do think despite how much CGI is in it, I do enjoy the final confrontation. It's like a cool action sequence between Obi-Wan and Anakin. But... It can never be in, like, my top three, if only for when he first becomes Darth Vader and the Padme reaction of the,
2: No! Where is Padme? Is she safe? Is she all right? It seems in your anger, you killed her. I, I couldn't.
0: She was alive. I felt it.
1: So I was uh, a senior in high school when. It came out when Revenge of the Sith was in theaters. I was so willing to just be a fanboy. boy, So I was loving it all the way through. And like at that part, I was like, wow, that was just so undeniably terrible.
2: Yeah. I do love the Emperor in all three of the prequels, but oh, especially he's good. Revenge yeah. of the Sith. Ian McDermott, I think is his name. He's just right. chewing the scenery up. The scene where he's talking about Darth Plagius the Wise right. and... It's not a story the Jedi would tell. Oh, yeah. Just the lines and the line delivery are so great. Yeah, I think he's good throughout the prequel trilogy. It's just so funny. He's the only one that's, like, embracing how crazy these movies would be to film. Sure. Because, like you said, I mean, they're filming basically just in an empty room with, like, green all around them. yeah. And he's just like, fuck it. I'm going to just be real wild and over the top delivering these lines. And it's fun. Other than that, though, I mean, the dialogue still is terrible. In sure, the third it one. is. That's right. There's still very cringy scenes between Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen to the point where it's almost unbelievable that Natalie Portman like went on to have a big career because it's not like she seems good and he seems bad. It's like, no, they both seem terrible. I know.
1: But I think she had enough of a, of a career going on around this, right? Well, she had been in a lot
2: of stuff before exactly. as a kid. The professional stuff. But, I mean, she went on to be, like, an Academy Award-winning actress, and Hayden Christensen was in, like, Jumper. He's like, working
1: at, like, a gas station down the street.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he was in some movie with Emma Roberts, I think, not that long ago, which is weird okay. because he's got to be, like, 15 years older than her. Yeah. I don't know.
1: There are the love connection in the movie, though?
2: I don't know. It looked terrible. It was called, like, Little Italy <laughs> yeah. or something. Oh, boy. It didn't make any sense because I don't think either of them are Italian. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, really, they don't, I really don't know it. what that movie was. It looked terrible. Yeah, I mean, coming out of that, there was the feeling, though, of a letdown because it did feel like Revenge of the Sith was going to be the last Star Wars movie. We had all heard that Lucas originally had nine movies sure. planned, but it didn't seem like it was going to happen. There was yeah. not really any and it indication is weird. that it was. It was
1: definitely weird at the time thinking that that's the last one, and it ends on like such a dark note.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a fun
1: villain origin
2: story. Breaking not Bad. Not like Joker. Yeah. <laughs> when you compare it to the sequels you're like okay well I totally understand though why Anakin goes to the dark side why he, how he becomes Darth Vader how he's manipulated by the emperor the emperor might even be his father technically because he basically insinuates that he can create a life a lord can manipulate midi midi-chlorians to create life we know that there was no father for Shmi Sure, the whole deal. So it's almost implied, and I guess there was dialogue where it is more implicit, and they cut that out. Okay, so I'm not really sure if they wanted to go for it or what, but that's kind of a popular take on it. All right, but I'm okay on that. When you compare Anakin's origin story and why he goes to the dark side to what happens with Kylo Ren and the you know how that's kind of shrouded in mystery and there's different versions of it. In those flashbacks in Last right. Jedi, it doesn't feel nearly as logical. You're like, well, wait, why did he do this? I know. Why is Kylo Ren the way he is? Why did he kill his father in Force Awakens? Yeah,
1: he mostly just seems like an annoying, angsty teen.
2: Yeah. There's no great motivation, whereas it does we seem... know what Anakin's motivation was. Yeah, true. He's pissed off that his mother got killed. He's pissed off that Padme dies in childbirth and that he can't do anything to help her. And he's pissed off because he feels slighted by the Jedi Council.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
2: This is outrageous. Right. I'm unfair. the best one. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, but like, there's so much motivation built up over three movies where it doesn't feel unbelievable that he like switches sure. allegiances. Whereas Kylo Ren, you're like, I don't even really get it. Like, what's happening? He's
1: so mad that he's got to kill his dad.
2: What is? I mean, yeah, that seems I don't know. Insane. I'd like to know more about what happened there, but maybe that'll happen at some point. Who yeah.
1: knows? Speaking of Hayden Christensen and Jumper, I think one of my last memories of renting a movie from Blockbuster was Jumper. How was it? Well, let Don't me tell you. Don't think I ever saw it. It's not great, but <laughs> it was actually at. I was with my girlfriend at the time, and it was at the recommendation of the girl working behind the counter at Blockbuster. She was a huge Jumper Mark. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, she was like talking to us about it as we were like picking it, holding it off the rack, and I'm just like. Uh, there's no way this can be good, but I do like Rachel Bilson. Yeah, I and she's think she dated it. Hayden Christensen wow. for a while. Good for him. When we got to the counter, the girl behind the counter was just like, Oh my God, you guys are going to love this movie. <laughs> And then she started talking about, like, yeah, it's so good. They've already announced, like, two more movies that they're doing, which, like...
2: Oh, God. I, I didn't, that never happened. There's nothing cringier yeah. <laughs> than hearing that statement right, right now. <laughs> like, oof.
1: But, yeah, I, that that's, like, one of my last memories of actually going and renting a DVD.
2: Okay, so any final thoughts on Rogue One and The Last Jedi? Those were the two that probably got the most short shrift um, and a little discussion The here. one
1: thing I, wa- I want to say about Rogue One is I, I do feel like... There's a cooler, even darker version of that movie that's straight up more like a war movie it in a Star Wars It hints at a lot of darkness, universe. too,
2: because even like, the character that force Whitaker's playing, he's too extreme yeah. for the rebellion, even. like He's right. like this outlying version of it that's taking but it to an insane level. It's
1: like uh, Disney really just, you can tell they just weren't willing to let the director go as, yeah, as dark as he wanted reel to. Yeah, it in a little bit. Yeah. So I, I still really liked it, but I do think that there's, like, an even cooler version of that movie. I, I do think that, like, Darth Vader's appearance at the end when he's the just, The last like,
2: 45 minutes are, are, are up there oh, yeah. with any other part of Star Wars. For me. Um,
1: but, like, when Vader shows up and he's just sort of, like, brutally massacring the people on, like, yeah. Leia's ship. Like, even that, I feel like like they they let that stay as dark. To see him, like, fucking people up was, like, pretty wild. I was like, okay, this is cool.
2: Yeah, the whole buildup on that beach planet leading to them getting the plans and beaming them up and all of that stuff and then of course the Death Star blowing it up all great y- unbelievable yeah. space battle in that one probably Absolutely. better than any other space battle they've ever done I
1: just you never really see Vader throughout the original trilogy being like just a badass like yeah. fucking people to that up. level yeah. yeah so it was pretty cool to see And then
2: the surprise of seeing like young Leia right. at the end which of course the movie came out like right around when she died so oh, of course yeah, yeah, yeah. people yeah. are weeping yeah, I'm it was still just, weeping. It was a really cool movie. I mean, I will say, like the first half of it is a little slow and boring. I think so. And you never yeah. really you wish that you knew the characters a little bit more, so that if you felt even more at the end when when they're all killed. But yes. You know, I think they're gonna do a a Cassian show on Disney Plus. He's okay. the, the one guy, Diego Luna. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I guess they're gonna expound upon some of these characters eventually but yeah rogue one i saw at a time when i was like really tired so i was having trouble staying awake at the beginning of it but then by the end i was super into it and now like re-watching it later i enjoyed it a lot more i felt the same way about solo too i think yeah coming back to it a few years later and just kind of no expectations watching it it's it's pretty fun now the last jedi is kind of a mixed bag now yeah we we already did a full podcast on this so there are parts of it that are like, what the fuck? Like Carrie Fisher floating through space and like Mary Poppins—that stinks. Some of the other choices, obviously, all of that stuff on like the casino planet, which goes on forever and could have Feels probably been completely cut from the movie to save like forty minutes. Yeah, I mean, I, I but there's also do like, like it? wonderful moments in it too. Sure, I
1: yeah, I, I really like the movie overall. I really do, but I I feel like how it fits into the universe is kind of strange. Especially the fact that it's like, we've got this new trilogy. It it even more so muddied the waters of, like, is there a plan of where we're going with the storytelling for this new trilogy?
2: Yeah, this is a little bit of a spoiler and based on conjecture and assumption based on the trailer. But do you think it was always the plan to return to the Emperor in the last episode? Uh, I'm not thinking so. Where they realize like, well, we have to pull something out here because we don't really have any one main force anymore. Because they kill this other guy who was like the emperor stand-in, Snoke, right? Or whatever yeah. his name is.
1: Who seems almost too similar to the emperor already.
2: I thought that the big reveal was that he, he was is. the emperor. Yeah, I thought that, that he was a possibility was, too. He, that like even more fucked up looking because of you know resurrecting, <laughs> falling
1: out or of the Death something. Star.
2: <laughs> yeah, like falling into the main reactor and then the Death Star being blown up. So there's different theories as to what's going on with the emperor in this new movie i mean i don't feel like that's really spoiling anything since it's pretty apparent from the commercials and trailer that that's where they're heading with it clearly the emperor's voice and it looks like him at one point we're heading into part two of this ongoing discussion. I'm sure people are riveted to this. because, <laughs> Yeah, not a lot of laughs not, in this one. We're not really, like, expert enough to be talking about Star Wars this level, so people who are, like, really into it would be like, these two are idiots. Yeah, I oh, know. I know. What talking about. And then people who aren't into Star Wars, like, why would I listen?
1: Unless to you've seen Clone Wars, Rebels, whatever else. It was refreshing Defenders. to see a
2: thread where someone was just like, because they were kind of, someone brought that up as, like, Explanation for something, and the person was like, "Well, I'm never gonna watch that." Yeah, <laughs> and they were like, "What?" And he's like, "I, I'm not watching this. I don't have time for it." I, I love that response. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I usually will say that I'm gonna get into stuff. I can't really see myself watching that either. It's just, yeah, you know, I don't think it's for me." All right, so yeah, in part two, we're gonna come back with discussion about the Mandalorian, the new Disney Plus series, and we will talk about our hopes. Dreams, thoughts, okay. well, predictions, maybe about right. the rise of Skywalker. So Let's that's do it. Part two coming up later this week. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.
0: Was something really hot for these folks. A big hit out of 77. A <laughs> ah, Star Wars. <laughs> Nothing but stars. How about that nutty Star Wars bar? Can you forget all the creatures in there? And hey, Darth Vader in that black and evil mask. Did he scare you as much as he scared me? Ah, Star Wars. Those near it, Far Ward. My seventh winner up here. Star Wars.